Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. This is the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, Episode 70. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion, and live the life of your dreams. The compilation and documentation of project specifications may be one of the most important services we provide as small firm architects. And in my experience, many of us, especially us uh, small firm residential architects, limit our specifications to a single sheet of general notes and product descriptions listed throughout the drawings. Before launching Five Cat Studio, I worked for a few other firms where I had the opportunity to develop much larger projects than the projects that Anne-Marie and I work on here at our firm now. Major school renovations, new office buildings, churches, synagogues, these projects included a specification manual and often organized in several different books about two and a half inches thick. These things were huge. These documents were created by a professional specifications writer who was paid thousands of dollars to include every piece of information that a contractor or an owner or a lawyer might be looking for when the project is being constructed. Our clients cannot afford a specification writer, but the projects we do are no less important 
and we are no less liable for the work that we are proposing. So shouldn't our projects have complete specifications too? Today on the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, I am speaking with three gentlemen who may have some answers for us, small firm residential architects. Complete specifications for the work that we do in a format that makes it simple to include with every project we do. Support for everything we do here at Entrepreneur Architect is provided by our platform sponsor, FreshBooks. The easiest way to send invoices, manage expenses, and track your time. You can get a free 30-day trial just by visiting freshbooks.com architect. Today on the Entrepreneur Architect podcast, we have three guests. Uh, Rand Sellner joined us here back in episode 33. Um, where we discussed the, uh, the organization ARCH, which is uh, A-R-C-H, Architects Creating Homes. Uh, Rand is an architect and the owner of Home Architects based in North Carolina, but works nationwide. Um, welcome back, Rand. Thank you. Good to be here. Okay. I also want to mention that we're, we're recording this live video as well. So this is something unique for the Entrepreneur Architect podcast. Typically, we're only recording audio, but uh, I'm going to share this video with Rand and his organization. So uh, anyone who's listening to this can also find the video uh, over uh, probably on the, uh, the ARCH website. We'll end up having it on the uh, ARCH spec page uh, just as soon as uh, we have that file up. Okay, great. And we also have Don Duffy, who is an architect and the owner of Don Duffy Architecture based in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, which is a place where I find near and dear to my heart. Uh, I have uh, brothers and uh, brothers-in-law living in Charlotte, and we just, just actually purchased a piece of property in Waxhaw, just south of Charlotte. So, oh, fantastic. Uh, we may call that home someday in the future. So uh, we, we may be knocking on your door to uh, to design us a home. Oh, wait a minute. We can do that ourselves. But we'll, we'll, we'll send you some references. Um, and we also have with us uh, uh, Kenny Guffey, who is a general contractor based in Tennessee. And uh, they're all here today. I invited them to come speak about a new product that Arch is uh, offering. It's just released, it's called Arch Spec. Um, if you, actually, before we get into Arch Spec, what I'd like to do is uh, just very briefly, typically we get into a little deeper uh, origin stories of our guests, but because there's three of us, I've done that before and it sort of gets really, really long. So uh, what I'd like to do is just sort of a really brief version, sort of the Twitter version of the uh, of each of your backgrounds and where you've come from and, and how you got to where you are today. So maybe we'll start with Rand and then Don and then to, to Kenny. Okay, thanks, Mark. Uh, I've been a licensed architect for 33 years. Uh, I've been involved in architecture for 48 years. <laughs> and I'm um, licensed in five states throughout the United States, originally Florida. and. Um, Tennessee, Washington State, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina. <clears throat> and uh, we uh, specialize in the design of custom homes. It's always been a love of ours, and it's that uh, passion that uh, motivates what we do. Okay, great. Don? I'm Don Duffy. I've been licensed since 1984, graduated at UNC College of Architecture, and I spent my whole career in Charlotte and kind of grown with the Charlotte economy, and I've been focused on homes since about 1984, single family and remodels. We do a lot of remodels here. Okay. Licensed in three states, West Virginia, South Carolina, and North Carolina. Great, great. And Kenny, how about you? Uh, I've been a 
licensed a licensed general contractor since 1984. I actually started my business in 1977 and uh, just residential construction, remodeling, renovations. Uh, but uh, we've we've spent a lifetime of learning, and we're still doing that daily. Okay, great. That was perfect. Just the right amount of time. Thank you. Um, I like to get to know you know our guests a little bit more about of, of who we who we're talking to here before we get into our subject. So thank you for that. So so Rand, let's get into ArchSpec. Uh, this is exciting. This is a new product uh, that's that's been developed for residential architects uh, to use on their product uh, projects when they're they're designing and, and uh, uh, building residential architecture. So can you tell us a little bit about the product, just sort of a general background on it? Sure, thanks very much. Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to give your listeners the ability to access the Arch website to see these things for themselves. Uh, the Arch website is located on the internet at www.archhomes.org. That's A-R-C-H-O-M-E-S.org. Just one single H. Arch Homes. Um, the Arch Spec system is on that website, and uh, if you look for the Arch Store, uh, it's it's got its own web it's got its own web page uh, on the uh, Arch website, and uh, so you can find it there. And uh, just look on every page of the Arch website. Uh, typically, on the right side, somewhere on the right column, there's a big gray button that says "Buy Arch Spec," so you can find it there. Uh, okay, what ArchSpec is. Uh, ArchSpec is a computerized file containing a specification format and content uh, for architects who design homes. There are also quite a few thumbnail details, how the product and items being specified are installed right there in the specifications. Um, so why, why create a new product like this? There's, there's other <coughs> products that do similar things, and there are a lot of residential architects that, that just handle general notes and just kind of put general notes on, on drawings. So why, why ArtSpec? Uh, well, um, prior to ArtSpec, the only specification systems with which architects were familiar were created for use with much larger commercial projects, and those other specification systems consist of thousands of pages of specifications. Uh, I should know. Uh, I think I had about 2,000 pages in the Jurassic Park specs, of which I happened to be, uh, I was the architect for about half of that in Orlando for Universal Studios a while back. And if you buy those other commercial specification systems, you can pay over $100 a section, resulting in having to spend tens of thousands of dollars on your specs over the years. Um, the point is, no specification existed that was more compact and to the point for residential architects. Um, so, uh, and, and commercial specs have a great deal of uh, redundant language in them, uh, inflating their size. I mean, how many times do you have to specify that manufacturer's product need to be manufactured, handled, shipped, delivered, stored, and installed in accordance with manufacturer's written recommendations? Um, Arch Spec says that just once in Division One. And do you really need to have specs formatted into three parts in each section, particularly for a house? That also breeds page bulk. And so we, we've eliminated a lot of these things that we believe are unnecessary for residential projects. And we just focus on what the product's characteristics, the make and model number, where they might typically be used in the projects, and how they're to be installed. And where warranties are appropriate, uh, we indicate that as well. Uh, we also have the sections coordinated together. Um, our spec also indicates briefly what code sections, by chapter, verse, and page number, uh, right there in the spec uh, relating to IRC and IECC and while those might be modified um, we 
what we try to do is have it just be related to uh, what's uh, oriented for the particular project. Um, that's why we created ArtSpec. Nothing really did exist for residential projects um, that really was easy to use. So it, so it sounds like it is easy to use. Can you talk about a little bit, of, you know, functionally how, how is, uh, is it, is it uh, structured? Uh, it's a uh, it, it's an uh, AutoCAD 2015 LT, and uh, uh, I'd, I'd actually, if you don't mind, um, can I do a screen share? Uh, sure, we can try that. All right, I'll we'll have to do describe it, right. it a little bit for the uh, for the podcast audience. Oh, sure, I will. I'll describe exactly what we're doing. Um, let's see. We want to share this window. And what Rand's doing that, what I think is so great about this spec, I've spent, what, 21 years now in my own practice. Are you going over? There it goes. Go ahead, Don. Keep, keep talking I'll about just say, I was, it. Um, we've been on and off specs for many years, and we've had specs as little as four pages and then 100 pages. And I haven't really found anything that... Um, is really comprehensive, and I think the ARC spec does that for the residential practice. And it, it's just a great tool to start conveying how we want products installed. Most specs that we see, if they're provided by the builder or by us, are a bill of materials. And they, they just basically say, yeah, you want two before two by sixes. But they're, they're very much lacking in the installation aspects that are so critical is it installed properly, and who's the judge? So every time we have a dispute, we're going to the spec to resolve it. When there is no spec, you're, you're essentially into a, um, this is how we've always done it, conversation between the architect and the builder, or the homeowner and the builder. And, and the beauty of this spec is it's trying to bring some quality standards to bear. There are proper ways to install moldings, and they're wrong ways. Right. And without some guidance, it's just left up to the individual that is criticizing the work. Usually that's the, coming from the architectural side. Um, so that, that's what's really good about this, and it's um, getting the builders to use it. That's always been, from, from my side, a, a struggle. I've been sharing this with builders uh, here recently, and all of them that I've shared it with, uh, especially the builders that we work with, are super excited about it. That, to actually have a product that will hold the other people they compete against that maybe aren't at their level accountable to try to performing at their level. You hire a great builder, which has always been one of my focuses from day one, get the best builder we can afford. We don't need to tell them how to get, do a good job, but, but that's not always within our control. And we get some builders who aren't as skilled or as experienced or hiring less experienced people. This is really a great way to describe to them, this is what we want and this is the standard we want it built to and price it accordingly. Uh, that's I'm, I've gotten real excited about this fact. Yeah, it's, it sounds it sounds great. Also, Rand is sharing uh, some of it on the screen, so uh, anybody who's listening can go to the video over at uh, uh, archhomes.org and uh, check the video. But Rand, do you want to kind of briefly describe what you're what you're <coughs> showing on the screen? Sure. Uh, while Dom is talking, I was just going through a whole quite a few chunks of the spec. This is the actual product right here. <clears throat> this is what you buy when you buy ArcSpec. And it's within AutoCAD 15? Yeah, AutoCAD 15 L LT. LT, and, okay. Can and, it, does it work uh, in the full version as well? I'm sure it will. Uh, and and uh, 
this is the arch notes that's an ancillary component of it that has various notes that you can use on your drawings because a lot of people have trouble fitting all the words that they'd like to have and so they want to have a note system and this uses a traditional CSI section that uh, really helps do that and uh, there's instructions also here and there's not very many instructions because it's pretty much I mean if you know how to operate AutoCAD which most architects do you already know how to operate ArchSpec so if you want to move a section around there's a section here and even better than than that well first of all it's got all the traditional sections that you'd expect. What do I mean by traditional? Well, we, we all know architects that are following anything in CSI, and we, we mean Construction Specifications Institute, not the crime show on TV, <laughs> um, that, uh, that there traditionally have been about uh, 16 sections to specifications. Okay, and we all know what, what, the, what those are by heart, and Kenny and his tradesmen know what those sections are by heart, that Division 16 is electrical. Uh, Division 15 is broken into two components with a, a P for plumbing and H for HVAC. <clears throat> now, we all know that CSI has uh, decided that because of all the uh, sections that you that finishes Division 9 and several other sections might want to splinter into, and I'm not faulting their, their thought process there. I think they're probably correct. The problem is that do you know anybody Mark, that that can actually cite verbatim all of those fifty new sections. Right. No. No. Okay. See, but I bet I bet I could sit you down in front of a spelling bee, and I could say, okay, your life depends on telling me what the sixteen sections are traditionally. I bet you'd know those, wouldn't you? Uh, if you put me on the spot, I might have a problem with them, but I would I'd probably get to them eventually. Yeah. See. So that's our point. So. We're trying to use something that's been out there for decades, which is the traditional CSI organization. So this is organized in that manner, uh, so that when we have a note that is is an eight note on the drawings, and it it the reason I'm set telling you this is you see this brown number here, this 8210-110, and it says interior wood doors. Yes. Okay. You can actually take that note and you can put it on your documents. And Kenny knows what I'm talking about because he's working on documents right now that have notes like that on them. And the point is, there's been a big disconnect between what you got in the specifications and what you've got on the drawings. And what ArchSpec is trying to do is to try and amend that rift that has traditionally existed between a spec book right. and drawings. And for that reason, we created it in uh, AutoCAD so that it's part of the drawings. It's it's uh, an A15 series so that it's towards the end of the set and if some architect wants to call it a different series, he's more than welcome to. Um, but the idea is that it's part of the set. And Kenny, why don't you tell us why it's so important to have specs as a part of the set and why a spec book may not be the best idea? Well, you want to make sure, uh, first of all, that, uh, that everything is noted on there and uh, with with the plans of my experience with what we've had here, it leaves nothing to question. Uh, when you when you start looking through the print by being able to uh, coordinate the numbers to the specifications or any other notes, uh, it just it works great. So uh, you know, uh, with with my subs, uh, I could I would just email the uh, the documents and 
you know, they would have very few questions back to me because everything is there. And, you know, if there was a, a, a large spec book, um, you know, it's, that's another document to keep up with. But, uh, you know, it's worked real well for us. I'm doing my first project now with uh, Home Architects in, uh, in Sevierville. And uh, of course, you know, we're, we're learning the system. I've learned a lot about it, but I'll, I'll be honest, I've still got a long way to go. But I can see that when we're coming up to uh, an install item, uh, you can look it up. Uh, once you get used to the system, it works great. And it's been a good, uh, it's been a good process for our company, uh, not only to simplify things, but as a GC, you know, my, uh, my, my price is on the line. It's, uh, you know, we, we miss something. If I miss something, uh, that's, that's, those profit margins are going to go away. And uh, this, this way, every subcontractor has every note that's on there. I've had a couple to call, uh, like my electrician, you know, and he had been through it. And, you know, uh, he was uh, just yesterday, we were talking about the... Uh, uh, the size of service on this particular job. So just in a couple of minutes, he and I together, you know, was able to uh, get a solution to that. So uh, my experience with it has been, has been great. You know, um, just like the heat and air guy, uh, you know, he knows number 15. If you see 15 on any of the, any of the pages, you know what section, who that refers to. And uh, 15P, the plumber, doesn't he doesn't have to go looking and uh so uh, it, it works real well for me yeah so what i'm what i'm seeing on the screen here is there there are essentially sheets autocad sheets set up like your drawing sheets and they're and they're complete with uh with specification notes so instead of a big manual which many residential architects don't like using because they become paperweights on the job site uh, many of us they, put our notes. Paperweights not on the job site. We never know where the are. <coughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like what specs? Right. And so, <laughs> and so many of us have stopped doing that and put our notes right on the drawings. Let's take a quick break to thank FreshBooks for support as a platform sponsor. As a platform sponsor, FreshBooks has provided funding and support for our mission to become an influential force in the profession of architecture. They recognize the need for small firms to build better businesses in order to be better architects. And we small firm architects are very busy people. We have so much to do and not enough time to do it. Sound familiar? Over the past few weeks, I've been looking very closely at all of my systems and finding new ways to get things done more efficiently. I have automated and delegated the things that I don't need to do. I physically upgraded my equipment. My iMac now has more RAM so it can think faster and I can get things done in less time. And my, and my Verizon Fios guy, my service rep, just left my studio just before I started recording this. And he installed a new Cat5 and a new router and a new internet system that, that has internet speed that's 10 times faster than it used to be. Each little bit matters. Each minute adds up to many minutes and will eventually add up to hours of my time that I can use to get things done and focus on the things that matter most. And FreshBooks is part of all of this time savings as well. It downloads my expenses automatically so I can see what I'm spending at any time. Previously, I was inputting all that information manually, which would take up almost an hour. My invoices are prepared quickly and sent by email, saving me time on printing and preparing envelopes 
Bottom line, FreshBooks is saving me time and money. For more information and access to a free 30-day trial for FreshBooks, go to freshbooks.com architect. And in the how did you hear us about it section, put in Entree Architect so they know that I sent you over there so they continue supporting Entrepreneur Architect. Freshbooks.com architect. So essentially what Arch uh, Spec is, is an advanced, complete version of that, that idea. So taking, taking your notes, that, that, that's what we've done over the years. We've developed our own system of specification notes that we have a, a page of notes that we use on every job. Uh, this is taking that to the next level where everything is specified out and complete and on its own sheet. And it's how many pages is a typical project? <laughs> Uh, okay, that's a very good question. I'm really glad you asked that. Um, first of all, the fact that it comes with about 14 sheets, and these are 24 by 36 inch sheets um, with about 10 point type, um, each each sheet is, is worth about seven, eight and a half by 11 typed pages of text. But a lot of people say, oh, gee, I don't want to have 14 sheets of specs. Well, you know, you don't have to. That's the whole file. So uh, we recently did a project that had, um, uh, it was an interior renovation only of a kitchen and it had a pantry and a laundry and a bar and that ended up being four sheets of specs, which is really not that big. Yeah, I especially mean, when they're all done and ready to go, you just edit them and print. Exactly, and what, what for the benefit of your audience that can see the, uh, uh, the the images here on your screen the you see the red text and the green text the the green text is intended to pretty much be on autopilot mm -hmm. and the red text particularly surrounded with a red uh, a rectangle those are things that each architect probably wants to make sure they edit now the first time you get uh, our arch spec you should go through every single word for everything and make sure that it's set up to your practice but the point is that once you've done that, there's a lot of boilerplate in specs that you need to have there and make sure things are done properly, but then you can just focus on certain things. For instance, here's something about precast concrete, and this is in red. It said, each side of CMU openings at the main fireplace in the hearth room and master bedroom, this means there are two precast lintels on the project. Okay, your project might be different than that. It probably will be. So you need to make sure you focus on those things that are in red surrounded with a red rectangle. So it's an intelligent specification system because you can look at a sheet like this and say, oh, the things I need to focus on are here, 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 here. Right, everything that's red is, needs to be edited. And most of it's green, just for the people. That's who right. Actually, what we're going through is is taking, the, on the, the first use of this, I'm having to go through it and make it RSpec. Right. In which I'm, we have converted to ARCHICAD from AutoCAD this year, and I've brought this into the ARCHICAD software and so far, it seems to be pretty editable. And so where I take um, a different approach on material selections or products, we're in the process of edit, editing, editing this to, for instance, for door under doors. Um, I like true style doors. So we're going to convert the door section for interior doors to true style doors over, say, Gelbin doors. doors. We'll look at Gelbin as an alternative, but our, spec, our base spec is going to be true style. So... The beauty of this is we can go in and make it ours. Yeah, you know, you know it's it's set up um, one way, but we got to convert it to our our favorite window product, our favorite door product, our favorite paint product, 
and, and then things that we have as alternates. So once we get it set up, the green, yellow, brown will still apply, red, but the green text will be more my version than right. the base version. And, and so it's, it's a great editing tool to, to make it specific to your taste, your practice, your region of the country, wherever you are. And it's all set up as DWG files. So any any product you had mentioned that you're using Archispec, uh, Ar uh, Archicad, um, any product that can read a DWG file, this should work on. So yeah, I brought uh, it in as a word file. I just highlight a section. Like each each of those paragraphs is a section. You can click on it and erase it completely, or you could go in and edit it. Mm -hmm. Just start, you know, hit your like a word document. Put my my cursor where I want to start typing and start typing. Right. Excellent. And then you can adjust the paragraphs if I'm adding three sentences, you know, that may be more section than it's allowed. I've got to kind of paginate each section below it. It's it's not it's not pushing all the text onto the next page. You have to go in and and make sure your rectangular areas, its right. drawing blocks, are consistent. Yeah. Okay. It it uh, it it I it love the way it looks. It. Uh, it looks really simple. I love how complete it is. Um, maybe Rand, do you want to put the um, put our, our uh, videos back up and, and turn off the screen share? Yes, sir. And uh, maybe we can talk about how the licensing is set up, and, and maybe talk about pricing a little bit so people can understand uh, how that works. Sure, be happy to. Uh, uh, the uh, licensing can't you know couldn't be simpler. Uh, it's unlimited. We. Uh, uh, we don't sell complicated subscriptions and things. The, the, the main reason that Arch exists, Architects Creating Homes, as a nationwide society, we're here to help uh, license architects who practice residential architecture. And <clears throat> so uh, anything we can do in that regard, uh, within reason, we're going to do. So uh, unlike subscription specification systems, once you buy our, our Arch spec, uh, you're licensed to use it however you wish, as many times as you wish, at a single company for however many projects that you wish. And now we're going to be updating it, and we are updating it uh, weekly. And uh, so as it gets updated, if you want to buy those updates, you can. And we actually provide for the first year the updates at no additional cost. <clears throat> and then uh, for the first three years, uh, you, there's a nominal charge uh, for uh, updating. Uh, but then after three years, if you want the newest version, you'll have to buy it again, but at a discounted cost. So uh, we have a lot of incentives there for a, a, a reasonable system. <clears throat> um, the cost is uh, $2,750 for non-members, okay. and it's $1,500 for ARCH members. Now, to join ARCH is $159. What conclusions would you reach from that? It looks like you're going to have a whole bunch of new members. <laughs> <clears throat> That's the idea. <laughs> right, so it's a lot less expensive to, to become a member and then purchase it as a member. Well, just recently, like last year, I, I paid a spec. We did a office upfit, about 4,000 square foot shell, corporate headquarters moving in to some raw space. So we did the tenant upfit for that. The spec on that was about $3,500 to a commercial spec writer. Okay, make sure you understand what what Don's talking about. He's not talking about using our spec for that. No, no, we paid it. We paid a professional commercial spec writer to write our spec. It was about $3,500. Previously in the past, I've hired a spec writer who was trying to write a residential spec and, and tried to make a go of it. And he was usually between two and $2,800 per job to do the spec. 
and he and he was at, at a comparable level to this. But every job was twenty five hundred dollars, and depending on the fees on the job, that's that's um, you know, architect provided product, but we were spending our money to go hire him to do it. So we'd have to make the call with this job merit that level of spec, and that, now with Arcuspec, um, he's out of a job, unfortunately. But he also found out he wasn't being hired enough to make a living at it. That in the, res the residential practice, it's just hard to pay someone twenty five hundred dollars to yeah. do what maybe you're supposed to be doing as the architect. And with Arcuspec, I think that's going to allow us to kind of really be at that level without having to go out and hire the professional spec writer. That's why I'm so There's excited about it. There's a real important point that I know many of your listeners are probably thinking, Mark, uh, I wonder if you'd allow me to address why any architect designing a home might want to actually include specs. May I, may I address yeah, yeah. that? Yep, I was going to ask that. Go ahead. <clears throat> Great. Thank you. Um, uh, some sole proprietors and other small practitioners might say, uh, hey, I don't use specs. Uh, I let the contractor choose those. Really? Do you really want your liability and the quality of the project to be in the hands of someone other than your firm? Um, specs are not just a bunch of words. Um, specs control the quality of the materials, what they are, their warranties, how they're installed, and the majority of their physical characteristics, including water tightness and energy performance. Uh, I, for one, wouldn't want to totally have that in the hands of anyone but the firm that's designing it, my architectural firm. Uh, I'll bet every client that hires every architect in our country believes that their architect is both drawing and specifying their product, their project. My bet is that they would be horrified to know that is often not the case. And not having specifications can lead to not only problems, but lawsuits. Uh, for instance, we know of at least one project uh, where the lawsuit had to do with construction tolerances. Didn't happen with our particular firm, but it, it had to do with how flat the floors were required to be versus what was built and how plumb the walls had to be. The client uh, had their own made up level of quality standard. Unfortunately, it wasn't declared because there were no specs. Now, just for this particular example, ArchSpec does have a Division 1 0 tolerances section that describes exactly how level and how straight and plumb everything needs to be. So the majority of that lawsuit could have been avoided. Uh, by providing our spec with this section. And some clients just have unreasonable expectations and things happen on a job site. It's a very complex thing that we all do. By declaring what's being used and the results of those installations that should help avoid these types of nuisance challenges and ensure that your project doesn't have these issues. Uh, a lot of architects say, ah, that'll never happen to me. Uh, are you bulletproof? Yeah, really? It can happen to anybody. It, it, and so it's not only uh, a product that helps get the specs there so the project project gets built properly but it actually protects the architect that when when those cases do come up and there and I could tell you from experience the strangest things can arise and be thrown at the architect uh, for liability so uh, having that specification and having having it complete so you can go back to your specifications and 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 be protected by it is uh, that alone is is, uh, is worth having that? Well, and it's a protection also for the client, and also believe it or not for the builder. So, um, friends of ours like Kenny Guppy, there, uh, there's nobody that can make any re unreasonable expectation 
of, of what you know they're doing. Um, it it in in some respects actually helps protect uh, the the uh, both the client and the the contractor. For instance, things can happen with subcontractors, and maybe they're not living up to what they're supposed to be doing, and they say, "Oh, I don't, I'm not required to do that." And Kenny could say, "You know what? Yes, you are," and he can point to something in the specs and say, "See." You're supposed to be doing that, and you bid it according to that. So I expect you to do that, sir. Right. <coughs> that's, that's, that's correct. That's like winning the argument. Um, I had a dispute recently about how level a wall should be plumb, because the, the scribe bold, and I was rejecting the wall. And the builder's like, "This is what we always do. That the, the wall's within my bubble." It's like, "Well, you take that bubble within your two little lines for ten feet. You're out a half inch from being plumb. It's unacceptable." And he goes like, "Well, you didn't tell me what a standard of tolerance is." I'm like, well, it's visually out of level. I don't care if it's in the bubble or not. So here we are in a dispute. He goes, well, I'm not going to fix it, or do you want me to? Do you want to pay to fix it? Does it bother you enough as the architect? So the spec is a um, it's the judge and jury. If you agree for plans and spec, which every most uh, Kenny, you might comment every contract between homeowner and builder usually says per plans and specs. That's that's you're gonna correct. To, you're going to go to the spec to say what was the standard of care, and all we're doing, and I think the beauty of a spec is to say write it down. If you have a standard of care, a tolerance, and an expected performance level, what is it? Write it on a piece of paper. And we ask the builders when we bid a job, you read the spec and you tell me, is there anything in this document that you intend not to do? And most of the time they come back. And they say, no, it's everything we're going to do. Or they'll say, yeah, there's, there's six things I found in here that I do not intend to do. Well, let's talk about them. Right. And then you, ch you change the spec if you agree or you, you tell them to hold, hold the line. Yeah. And can, it's, a, can, it's a great document to get both builder, homeowner, and the architect on the same page. To, so everybody's aligned their expectations. Because homeowners, I, their expectations tend to come from I don't know where, but usually when they discover something they're not happy with, and then the only person that's hurt is the builder and then the architect. I would hate to be the architect on a job, I don't care what it is, a small commercial, high rise, or a home, and end up in some situation in front of a board of architecture or in front of a judge and jury and have the uh, opposing side say something like, Okay, let's look at the plans and specs and see what's uh, going on here. And then have to have to say sheepishly, uh, "Well, you know, we don't we don't have any specs." Uh, and then have the judge frown, look over me, and say, "You don't have any specs. You're an architect." I wouldn't want to be that person, would you? Right, right. <laughs> so, Kenny, Kenny, from a contractor's point of view. What is uh, your experience? Because so, you're you're building a house right now using ArcSpec. So, so what is uh, what's your experience with the product? Well, there's I haven't found anything that's uh, left uh, untouched or unknown uh, with this system. Everything is there, and when when my subs uh, quoted this, then they quote according to uh, plans and specifications. So. You know, I've had a couple of them, had missed a couple of things, and we go back and look, and yes, it's right there. But um, you know, it's it's worked it's worked really well. Of course, you know, I've got I've got a, a long way to go to just be totally perfect at it. But 
I tell you, my time spent with the Prince, and I've spent a lot of time with it in, uh, you know, pre-bid and uh, working with home architects, then I have learned so much about it. And it just, it's just been, it's been great. It's, uh, it's a good system. And, you know, Rand was talking a while ago about, uh, you know, you'd hate to be in front of a, a judge and say, well, you know, you're an architect, no specs. Well, most of the, most of the projects that residential builders uh, build by, at least, I guess it depends on what price range you're in. I mean, we're, I'm used to building with minimal specifications, okay? But it is virtually impossible to, to, to put that thing together and everybody be on the same page. And I've been at it a number of years and I've not found a way to perfect that. This, this comes as close as anything to, leaving, uh, to, to not leaving anything out. So, uh, I mean, it's all there you, when you look for it and, and find it then it's clear. So uh, it just, it, it's just going to, it will s cut down on problems, especially with subcontractors and general contractors. And then, you know, it should, uh, it should uh, help subs bottom line. Uh, it, it would help as a GC, help the bottom line for everybody to know what they're going into up front. And this uh, arch spec does that. So uh, I've been impressed with it. So, Kenny, we just had a, a, a bid in Charlotte. I was talking to a builder who's bidding a job, and he's bidding against the, his a, a competitor. And we were talking about installation of trim. And he said, well, that's interesting because I just um, threw kind of a conversation with my trim guy who's bidding the job to all three builders, same trim guy. Um, you know, this, mm -hmm. this one builder, Philip, Philip, says, you know, Don, we scarf our, our in-between joints, and we back cut our corner joints in length less than 12 feet is one piece of wood, no piece of wall. He's like, I know for a fact that the builder I was competing against instructed the, the trim guy, the same person, to install the trim with just miters, butt joints. And if there was a eight-foot piece and a four-foot piece, that's an okay, you know, use up the wood. Don't throw away an eight-foot piece to go put in a 12-foot piece. So it moved his, uh, the installation of the trim, $5,000. So the question came up in reviewing the bid, documents why are you five thousand dollars cheaper than the other guy in its same and mr smith trim installer and, and it, as it turned out without specs that it was the same installer but there were two different standards of installation that was about a 10 percent variance on labor and it was a great and this builder actually provides his own specs when none are provided to say you know don't you got to look at the installation I, that's that's happened now three times in current work where we know that the same sub is being instructed by different builders to install work in different ways to move the number down. So you can say I'm using the best trim guy, but then you're telling him not to do the best work. Where another builder that's at a higher level is telling him hire the best guy and do the best work. So very deceitful business practices are shrewd on the part of the builder to win on price when he's just selling less work for less money. I wish everybody could have the opportunity to do that or give him the opportunity to put it in at a better level. And that's where the spec is critical to representing your client to make sure they're getting what they pay for. And without it, you have no, there's no accountability other than an argument. Right, right. It's, just, um, uh, it's, it's a day, it's a walk in the park. Exactly. 
so I, I think uh, I think that that uh, really gives us a great idea of art spec. Uh, I think we talked quite a bit about why we should have our, uh, specs in the first place. I think that's uh, a very important uh, part of this conversation we're having here today. Is there, Rand, is there anything before we go, anything that you want to share uh, that we haven't covered? Yeah, there's just one thing. Um, I'll try to do it verbally. I probably should do a screen share, but Arch Notes is an ancillary module that's actually comes within the same file, and the Arch Notes bridges between Arch Spec and Drawings. The Arch Notes is a combination of two kind of drawing notes, numbered drawing notes, and I've noticed on the AIA and different places lately there's been discussion about um, drawing notes. As a matter of fact, Don Duffy responded to some of those questions on some of those websites. <clears throat> the arch notes allow for two kinds of notes. One is an organic note that has a, a CSI prefix from the 16 division, so a five note would have to do with metals, an eight note would have to do with doors and windows, a three note has to do with concrete. So there's that discipline that you provide to the notes, and they're provided in one central location, the A14 series. And we usually end up with one to two sheets of notes on that, but it also includes the paragraph numbers, the paragraph numbers and the specs. The, the specifications in arch spec the paragraph numbers, uh, the paragraphs are numbered. <clears throat> this sounds like a little teeny thing, it's not, it's huge. And by numbering the paragraphs and using the CSI format, uh, a, a paragraph number like uh, 15H-156, obviously you know you're in a heating and air condition, you're in an HVAC note, and you can find that paragraph right in the spec specifically. So it's not just a vague kind of note, it, it's very specific and it links directly uh, the drawings and the specifications and other notes because if you're like us if, if you if you try to describe things on the drawings you end up with such a clutter of notes you ever had that Kenny we had such a clutter of notes on the drawing you can't even hardly see the graphics on the that's drawing. correct yes so <clears throat> the reason we developed that for commercial projects decades ago and, and have worked with other ARCH members to evolve it is so you've got a nice neat note column and you've got some short notes that at least in general refer to uh, the area that you're trying to talk about. So ARCH spec is more than just a specification system. It links uh, number drawing notes with the drawings with the specs. So it's much more than just, just words on a piece of paper. Well, it sounds, sounds complete. Um, I would invite my listeners to, uh, to check out archhomes.org, it's A-R-C-H-O-M-E-S dot org, archhomes.org, and uh, you can find a link there. I'll also have a link in the show notes for this episode, it's uh, entrearchitect.com slash episode 70. And uh, thank you very much, gentlemen, for being with me here today. Mark, thank you. Glad, glad to be here. Glad to be a part of this uh, conversation here today. You're very Thank, welcome. And thanks, Mark. Uh, have a great day. You too, sir. Bye Thank bye. you. You too. Bye now. If you like this episode, please go to iTunes and leave me a review because this is how you may help me spread the word about Entrepreneur Architect and our mission to become an influential force in this profession. Go do it right now, entrearchitect.com slash iTunes, or in iTunes, just search for Entrepreneur Architect and you'll find us. 
I haven't gotten too many reviews in the last few weeks. Guys, I need your help. I got quite a few. I have over 70 now, um, but I really, really need your help in order to get more. So if you haven't reviewed the show, please go over to iTunes and leave a review. I'd appreciate it. That's a wrap on today's show. Show notes and a direct link to download this episode may be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 70. Before we go, quote of the week. I like this one because this is a lot like my profit then art quote that I say all the time. This one's by Andy Warhol, the world famous artist. His quote is, making money is art and working is art. And good business is the best art. Andy Warhol. My name is Mark Arlepage and I am an entrepreneur architect. I will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening.
I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. (laughs) So for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.